Coming up on the Money Bee Podcast, coffee roasters, in some cases, they've been holding on to their beans for years. Now they're starting to sell them. Will you be able to taste the difference? This is Money Bee from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome to the Money Bee Podcast. Paul and Stephen here in the studio with our dear friend Julie Wernow, who covers emerging markets and commodities. Sort of a split beat for you there, Julie. And, and folks out there, this, hopefully you're, you're getting this podcast in the morning. You're having your, your you have a little routine. I'm sure you have a little routine that involves coffee. Maybe you have your favorite coffee. Maybe you have the coffee you can only get your hands on right now and then and there. But the taste of the coffee. The, the flavor of it, the beans. Do you think folks out there, uh, Money Beat podcast listeners who also happen to love coffee, the small Venn diagram of, of, of you folks, do you think you're getting a good bean? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about coffee beans. Why? Because of Julie's story and uh, shocking this story, Julie, we're now shocking about the the age of some of these beans that are on the market and why – the the economics of the coffee market right now are dictating the fact that you out there, you folks out there, might start drinking some very old coffee. Very old. Very old. How old, Julie? <laughs> Julie, this is this is uh, this is my my toss to you to you know jump in here and tell us all about this story that you have worked. Actually, you've worked for this story on a. You have worked on this story for a very long time. Yeah, that's right. Um, Not as old as some of the coffee you're talking about. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's some beans out there that are, wait for it, nine years old. Nine years. Coffee beans are being sold today that are nine years old. Yeah. And basically what happened was uh, anyone who's been following the commodities markets knows that, you know, there was a, a glut of everything. Right. <laughs> and uh, coffee is just one of the few commodities that we can actually find out because of the some data that the exchange has how old the coffee is. There's a lot of other old commodities out there we, we really can't get this information about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you look at what happened um, as, you know, commodities prices tanked coffee started piling up and just getting older on average. And now uh, a lot of that coffee is going out the door because it's gotten so cheap and it's sat along so long that you can actually substitute with the kind of beans that are called robusta that are used in instant coffee. You can take these nice, fine Arabica beans um, that are now really, really old and really, really cheap and sub them in and sell the coffee. Wow. So where have these beans been hanging out? In warehouses, yeah, and um, they, they're, they're stored in these jute bags. Um, well, well, what is that? What's a? Do you say jute or juke? Jute, J U T E. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, a, if anyone's seen, you've seen those like coffee sacks. Yeah, yeah. You know, they make burlap? like pillows it, out of them. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. Okay. Um, All right. And the thing that's interesting about coffee is it, it takes on sort of the flavors of what's around it, and so the older it gets, the more it tastes like a jute bag. Now, that doesn't sound good. Actually. The first question I have is obviously with nine-year-old coffee. Is this bad for you? I mean, like you know, right. is there yeah. any dangers to this? I how, mean, how is a nine-year-old coffee bean still sellable? Why has it not gone bad? I mean, I have things you know that you know go bad within a week in my fridge. I mean, you know, I try to stay away from those. Um, nine-year-old coffee. Uh, the truth is, no, it's not. It's not dangerous. I talked to a bunch of uh, food scientists. They said. 
usually, you know, these beans, they get roasted at very, very high heat. So if there's anything in there, I mean, then there probably is. It gets just roasted out and it's, you can drink it. And a lot of consumers might not even know the difference depending how big of uh, coffee connoisseurs they are. So... Uh, like so, we have this you know glut of nine year old coffee, and it's not just nine year old; it could be eight year old. There's just coffee. Right, it, could be the up, it could be up to yeah. nine years. Yeah. yeah, on average, you know, I mean, it's pretty old. It's years old, and, yeah. and it begins losing flavor within a year. Yeah. So, yeah, where like what? Where's this going to show up? If I'm a consumer and I'm going to the grocery store, or the coffee shop, where am I going to most likely see this? You know, sort of. Uh, Getting into my beans. Well, the, um, the 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 folks in the industry I talked to said that you're not you're probably not going to find this, for instance, at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or one of these you know one of your Brooklyn Roasters or you know one of these coffee shops. It's um, that's it's really, good news for me, Paul. Yeah. Does, does Dunkin' Donuts count as high end coffee now? You said that all in the same breath. Dunkin' Donuts is oh, as a Bostonian, I have to come to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts has always had great coffee. Uh, no, I am. I'm just happy. To, I'm happy. You're to get, not allowed to go Dunkin to Massachusetts Donuts. anymore. I buy Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just glad to know that now I'm drinking high end coffee. I wasn't aware of that. It's good coffee. <laughs> I thought right. I was going down market. Yeah, I mean it's considered it's considered a higher grade coffee. Yeah, okay. yeah when. And, so, so I'm sorry. So it won't show up at those places, right? I mean, you're really what 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 I'm told is it goes to these like sort of bulk roasters. Mm -hmm. um, so you you know maybe some of the real generic canned coffees, um, things you know you could, instant, you could find in a grocery instant. store, instant coffees, or instant you know coffee. say you have those oh, God, those ones coffee. that are you know it's not really clear. It just says like coffee blend, you know, um, right. they might be blending in some of these older beans um, or if, you know, just anywhere where you're, it's really not clear um, where the beans came from, how old they are. Um, it's not like a very recognized brand. And, you know, you drink that a lot. I mean, you kind of go around, you grab a cup of coffee here and there, shop, um, or, you know, you go to a meeting and there's coffee. A lot of those industrial kinds of places would, would snatch this stuff up in a heartbeat. What about in emerging markets? You know, are you more likely to come across it in, in markets, you know, um, Brazil, Turkey, if you're going to a coffee shop? Absolutely. Uh, for instance, in Brazil, uh, because of what happened with the, the swings in their currency uh, over the last several months, um, it, it became very lucrative for them to export, like, everything they could. And so they got down to these really low-grade, really old coffee stocks, which is what they used to actually um, feed their own population coffee. <laughs> so if you're in Brazil wow. and you're thinking, oh, I'm in Brazil, it's a coffee-growing region, I have this amazing coffee while I'm visiting, I wouldn't count on it. So they, they, they exported the good stuff because there was a market for it, yeah. and they kept the older, lousy stuff for the Brazilians. Yeah, the Brazi Brazilian real um, had had depreciated so much that uh, against the dollar that they were able to return really great profits in their local currency by selling these dollar-denominated wow. goods abroad. Uh, so they just, yeah, they just unleash. So, so, so that's <laughs> a warning for everyone going to the Olympics this year. You know, bring your own yeah, coffee. Yeah, bring, bring your own, your own coffee. coffee. <laughs> Don't worry about Zika, but, you know, the coffee. Yeah. Is that the no, warning? No, I, you know, for, for Brooklyn uh, night like myself, uh, no. I, you know, but you should be, you know, uh, importing your own coffee. You should bring your own coffee. To one of the great uh, yeah. coffee making. All right. Let's, let's take a break. When we come back, we 
are going to put our own palates to the test. We did. We absolutely continuing with our podcast food eating theme. Uh, we put our own pod, our own palates to the test. We'll come back and we'll tell you exactly what we did. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Paul and Steve and Julie, we're now here in the studio. We're in the studio right now. But to get to the, the heart of this story about coffee and old beans, there was really only one thing we could do, which was take a trip out to Brooklyn to a coffee roaster, a good coffee roaster, and have a taste test, right? I mean, we had to. No, I mean, we like to get out of the office. Because on this podcast, we will spare no expense when it comes to stories about food. <laughs> we'll eat three pounds, uh, three pounds of cheese. Three pounds of cheese. Although I wasn't there for that, but I was there in spirit. We will also, we will also hazard nine-year-old coffee beans. And, and Julie, you act, we went to Toby's. But you brought the old beans. Yeah, this yeah. isn't something that Toby's estate would have on hand. Um, it was it was uh, it was quite the mission to to track down these really old beans. They're I guess these ones are about eight years old. I couldn't find nine year old beans. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. you got the message to you in the office. This is the intrepid reporter we have here. Right. So he gets the message from a where was the warehouse. Um, it, it was a secret. Uh, the owner of the coffee preferred to remain secret, oh, okay. as you can imagine. Um, and so, yeah, I had to had to kind of go do a so, deep dive there to, so to get you're, this. You're off here. the record old coffee source. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we got messaged here. You then took it and went down to Toby's estate the day before our tasting, had them roast it. And we had them roasted two ways. So the, the first way was they roasted it as they would roast a new bean. And the second way was they just... <laughs> basically burned it <laughs> as much as they could. I mean, they, like, which they, they said is, is actually how you'd probably find it out yeah. there on the shelves. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it we, masks the taste. We went to Brooklyn and we brought along our recording equipment. And now you will hear this. This actually is the first remote Money Beat podcast. This was very exciting for us. So here is our trip to the wildlands of Brooklyn, New York. Stephen Grosser, Julie Wernow, with Allie and Jonathan from Toby's Estate. We have four different kinds of coffee here. Beans that are a couple of months old, beans that are a couple of years old, and then the two that are both eight years old prepared two different ways. Let's drink some coffee. What we're going to do, we're going to start with the kind of freshest crop coffee first. You'll take a small amount of coffee and you'll slurp vigorously. Wow, that was, that was impressive. Okay, here I go. Do you have to slurp? I made, I made no slurping noise. <laughs> that was that's, That was podcast. Ooh, that was good. Ooh, that was good. Wow. I'm really, I choke every time I try to do this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I drank it. I'm not supposed to drink it. Yeah, I drank it too. Wait, you're not supposed to drink it? I drank it. Yeah. Well, it is Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. 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 I mean, so what you do kind of that slurp. fear of slurping. Um, you know, the whole point of the slurping is like to really, um, spread that coffee around your mouth to taste everything. We don't generally go up to a cup of coffee and taste it and say we know everything about it. Um, when we are cup of coffee, we have a tendency, we want to taste everything almost incrementally. So yeah. 
just focusing and pinpointing on that one moment in the coffee. So, you know, this would be a really good idea as you're kind of going forward to just taste the coffee, maybe get a general idea of the flavor. Um, something as simple as, is it earthy or nutty? Is it chocolatey? And if it's chocolatey, is it maybe like a, a really dry baking chocolate or a really sweet milk chocolate? Um, but, I mean, you can start really basic. It's fruity. It's nutty. Um, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I found this right puppy to be like kind of musky to me. Musky is a good word. Yeah. So moving on, this last worst. one, this is definitely the worst on the table. This definitely will leave a lasting impression. Um, this one has been roasted much darker, how you would typically get um, coffee of this quality um, if you were to purchase it. So um, for me, there's a couple of things that I, just right off the bat, it's just um, not a good cup of coffee. It's hot, it's bitter, um, it reminds me of gasoline. And you'll notice that it's like you're really chopping it around in your mouth. No, it does. I just want to get one good slurp here. Grocer, you've gotten so good at that quickly. This oh, one also disappears really? too. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. Well, not, not it's necessarily. Like, it's still there. Um, the body, though, yet again, we see this complete drop off in the body. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was sort of, I think, poorly yeah. trying to describe. <laughs> Yeah, that, it's just bacon. It's like yeah. bacon coffee. Hollow, yeah. Hollow, yeah. See, what's interesting is that people were telling me that, you know, if what you're used to is that, like if that's the kind of coffee you drink your whole life, then you would go drink like so this really good, you know, new coffee, yeah. and you would, wouldn't like it because you're, it's unfamiliar to you. Uh, this, you know, this coffee came to me by courier from a warehouse right in New York. Somebody, yeah. you know, a coffee source said, you know, we've, we've got some for you, and they just kind of send someone over to my office that day to give me this coffee. So it's it's around, it's nearby, it's not in exotic places only. Yeah. Um, it's local. So there you have it. We went to Brooklyn. We drank some new coffee. We drank some old coffee. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Julie for working so hard and so doggedly to bring this story to you. I just have one question. What? How was Brooklyn to you? It was like being in Toronto. It was like being in another country. <laughs> Brooklyn is such an alien place to me. In Toronto, is that alien to you? <laughs> That's true, yeah. I don't know why Toronto is the first city that popped into my head. But, but it was. Uh, anyhow, I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will catch up with you again later in the week. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.